I really want to create a community where, you know, I want to break down the negative stereotyping of people from marginalized backgrounds and people that are coming out of prison. That's number one. And two, I want to create a community where people support these individuals to, to have second chances for them to be able to give back to their communities. Hi, guys. This podcast explores the importance of our connection, well-being, and mental health. To reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics, ideas, and issues through discussion and having conversations. This podcast is for those that want to raise their awareness, change their perspective, or just have a good time. My vision is to help people find reason to live, to grow, and to understand. I do that through this podcast, as well as counseling individuals that want to help themselves. No, no, no. No, he needs to know. I just think he's gonna talk and it's gonna make a lot of sense. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. One man. One podcast. Three, two, one. Reason with me podcast, episode eight. It's time! Welcome back. Another episode today. I'm super excited about this one. I hope everyone's doing good and they've listened to a few of the podcasts so far. As you can tell, season two, we are cracking into heaps more guests and trying to get some really innovative and different sort of styles to come in here and talk and reason with me and reason with the audience about what's going on and and how that relates back to our connection, mental health and well-being. You get the drift. Let's get straight into it today. I'm introducing Joe today. Joe was sentenced 13 years in prison for directing a criminal enterprise. Now today, instead of doing that, he's the director and founder of a social enterprise called Confit, with the mission to reduce the rates of recidivism in Australia and to coach and mentor former inmates to become leaders and outstanding members of society. Confit or convict fitness is an idea that started from a prison cell, creating a platform to bridge the social gap between former inmates and the community by offering prison style training. Joe strives to create a second chances by breaking down some preconceived notions of criminal stereotypes through a human and, and person-centered approach. I'm super proud to be able to talk to you um, today, Joe. Let's, let's get into it. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Yeah, so... Look, we'll, we'll go straight into it. What I want to know is who the hell are you and what do you do? So my name is Joe. Um, I'm the head coach and founder at Convict Fitness, otherwise known as Confit. You can read it at the back. Yep. Um, so our mission is to reduce the rate of recidivism through fitness. Uh, and we want to give second chances to those who are coming out of prison um, and those who are from marginalized communities um, by helping them to give back to the community through fitness. So that's what Confit is initially designed to do. And this all started because um, I did time myself. Um, you know, at the age of 21, I got sentenced to 13 years in prison yeah. for directing a criminal enterprise, mainly for selling MDMA supply, the importation and supply of MDMA. Mm. Um, you know, my life changed pretty much, you know, growing up, I grew up in a community full of, you know, full of drugs and full of um, gang influence. 
Yeah. And I never took the like the normal path that normal like Asian community kids take. You know, they go to school, they go to university, and mm. I was always the black black sheep. You know, um, I'm always the one that at the early age questioning why, 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 and mm. I've always had an entrepreneurial flair. Um, you know, you hear all these entrepreneurs talking about how they used to sell orange orange juices and candy when they were young. Yeah. For me, I was knocking off corner mags from news agencies and I was selling pages of um, naked pictures to kids at school. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that, that, was a, that was my first lesson in um, don't trust anyone because they're going to snitch on you, you know, because um, yeah. the kids got caught with the pages and they snitched on me straight away. And it was pretty embarrassing calling my mom down to a primary school and the principal explaining to my mom, your son's been selling porno mags. But ever since then, I've had, I've always chosen the wrong thing to sell. Um, and I got to high school and I was never interested in education, um, more interested in making money. Um, and I was more street smart than I was book smart. Yeah. So um, at school, you know, I started from small things like selling pot. You know, I was always involved in gang activity. Um, things started getting more like getting bigger and bigger and I got introduced to this thing called MDMA one day someone gave me ecstasy and for most kids they'll be thinking how am I going to take this again in my mind I'm thinking how the fuck am I going to sell this to everyone (laughs) and one thing led to another um, things started getting pretty big and I started running I detached from my gang ended up creating my own um, syndicate uh, had people running for me, and then wow. um, and this was at, at this was at when I was nineteen, twenty, and then a month after my twenty first birthday, I was at the Shangri La Hotel. I had a coffee table full of cash, it was about a bit over two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash, Shit. and I was counting the money, and I got a knock on the door, and I'm thinking it's room service. So I put a bit of I put like a sheet over the coffee table, telling these guys to come in. And the door swings open, and, you know, there's all these guys in balaclavas and masks coming in with machine guns. And mm. straight away in my head, I'm thinking, fucking, I'm getting robbed. I look at the window, and I'm like, I'm not going to make the fall if I jump out the window. So first thing I'm thinking, you know, these guys are after the money. So I've thrown the cash everywhere. And, um, yeah, next thing I know, I'm getting hogtied on the floor, and I'm getting wheeled off to prison yeah. at the age of 21. And I get to, I go to jail, and, yeah. you know, I'm thinking my life is over. Fucking, this is the shit that you see in the in, in the movies, right? Mm. You know, I'm a young kid, don't know anything about this kind of stuff. You know, I, I remember the first day getting wheeled into the wing, and I see these big buffed up. They're men, right? These guys are men. Yeah, like, tattoos on the face. Um, all of them, they've got they're jacked as hell, and they're all training. And I'm this little skinny kid. You know, I've never trained. I'm, I'm I've got a back belt taekwondo that's my background but never did i have the experience of like training and stuff it's just like i know a little bit of martial arts but that's about it you know yeah and um there's a rude shock yeah it was a rude shock and to be honest if anyone if anyone says that they're not afraid when they first go to jail i reckon they're bullshitting because it's a new environment you know if you've been to jail before like even if you go to a new wing it's it's still you're a little bit you're thinking oh who's there do i know anyone there um like what's it going to be like because you're when you go there you're a fish out of water a lot of people straight away they're sucking you out seeing who you are 
um, yeah, and like that was a new chapter of my life, I guess, you know, um, after a certain, certain time, a lot of people, they get accustomed to the environment and as fucked up as it was, like jail is not a normal place. It is no. like a pressure cooker in there, you know, you've got mm. people, um, you know, they're, they're not they're not in their right minds. A lot of people coming off drugs. They've got court cases going on. Um, so it's a very unstable environment, if you have to say. Yeah. And um, things kick off really quick. So you, you as a sink or swim, you got to learn really quick to be able to adapt into that environment. Um, yeah. So so that was a new chapter of my life, and you know I I, I adapted quick. Hmm. Um, that's the thing about growing up in the streets. I learned how to be street smart. Rather than smart. book smart, right? It was the same thing in prison, you know. I was street smart, knew how, knew who to talk to, knew who to make connections with, and yeah, and that was my life for a little while. And then I got to about halfway mark, and so much things happened in my life. In that, so I spent nine years of a thirteen-year sentence okay. um, in prison, yeah. and I hit the halfway mark, which was the minimum uh, amount of time that you have to do, which is the nine years. And I hit four and a half years and I was like, is that it? A lot of people are celebrating. Yes, half down, half to go. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding. Is that, is that fucking it? Is, that, is, is, is there another half to go? And instant depression straight away. Mm. Um, and the only way I stayed positive in there was through fitness um, and to have positive people around me. And there's another story why I started um, to actually form communities of fitness people in jail. But the main reason was because I wanted to be around positive people to always think positive. So it's like, how do you be, how, how do you keep positive in the most negative place on earth? Mm. Arguably one of the most negative places on earth. And it's, it's a practice that I still um, preach today in my training to yeah. my clients, which is, I call these things the three G's, gratitude, goals, and being grounded. Be grateful for what you have and what you don't have rather than what you don't have. Hmm. So even if we had, even the clothes on our back belonged to prison. We had nothing but yeah. our actual body. That was the only belonging that belonged to us and our thoughts. And, you know, the officers had every right to take anything away from you because it was their property. Nothing belonged to you, right, in prison. They can take any materialistic things away from you and this will affect inmates. You know, that's how officers used to get you. They're like, this belongs to the system. We're going to take this off you. You can have that. You're going to feel like shit. And I didn't want to feel like that anymore. So the one thing they couldn't take away from me was my body and how I felt. It was my emotions, my mind and my thoughts. And, you know, we're in a, a state of like crisis at the moment. Corona, a lot of people... Um, are uh, incarcerated in their homes, feeling a little bit depressed and feeling a little incarcerated. And how do you feel? How do you stay positive in situations like this? You've mm. got to be grateful for what you have. So I try to develop things that they couldn't take away from me. Mm. The non-materialistic things, which was my health, my body, my mind. So having to, to practice gratitude, to be thankful for the things that I did have in my life, um, to set goals, which was for myself, was to have hope have hope in the future because I know I'm going out soon to plan for the things that even when Corona, this whole situation finishes, we, we're going to go back to a normal life, you know, or somewhat to a normal life. Hmm. And we got to prepare for that. So we got to set in place plans and goals or hope 
for things to happen, you know, and that was what drove me as well. And the last thing was being grounded. The last G is being grounded in the moment. And what that actually means is I kept on comparing myself to everyone on the outside. When I was in prison, the guys that I used to look after, the ones that I used to feed when I was running my drugs in the get, were all moving on in, in their life, having kids, having families, having businesses, mm-hmm. succeeding in life. You know, those people who I saw around me that I used to grow up with, they're all moving ahead in life and I'm stuck in jail. I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's happening in my environment. And I kept on comparing myself to these guys and to to the rest of society. And I was like, it was toxic to my body, toxic Mm -hmm. to my mind, toxic to my body. And mind and the body is connected, man. What happens? The toxic stuff that happens in here happens in the body, right? So... I was like, how do I detach myself from that? I said, you know what? I stopped thinking about the things that I couldn't control mm. and just started focusing on the things that I could control, which was right now, right here in this present moment, what can I do to make myself a better person, to mm. change myself? So the common denominator that I found in, in prison was the lack of education amongst, amongst inmates. Mm. So I was never educated. I told you I flunked out of every high school or I got expelled from every high school. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to try something that I've never done before. You know, this is like beyond the realms of my reality, but I'm going to do something crazy. So I took on education. Um, I decided, so I read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've read that before. They talk about, you know, the language of business is accounting, right? So I've gone to the library. um, I've got myself an accounting textbook. And the moment I opened it up, I wanted to close it up again. It looked like reading hieroglyphics and I was like sweating, like cold sweat looking at this guy. What the fuck is this shit? You know? Like it was like a foreign, like look like you know those Egyptian writing the hieroglyphics, that's what it looked like to me. I yeah. was like, this is gibberish, you know. Yeah, and the moment I started I wanted to quit, but you know, when you want something so bad, like the universe brings people together. Like it's like mm-hmm. the law of attraction. And I think it's meant to be. So ended up meeting this guy who ended up becoming my celly. And he's an accountant, a billionaire accountant who not only taught me the value of education, but, you know, he taught me accounting and about business and most important about self-worth. And he was my first ever positive mentor that I've ever had in my life. Mm. And that's when I learned about mentorship, how important that is. And what I do at Confit is the same thing. We mentor ex-inmates to be able to give back to society through fitness or whatever that may be. You know, so that's um that's that's what content is. So and um yeah, we, yeah. So man, the, those you kind of answering my next question, which is you said gratitude, goals, and being yep. grounded. Now that yep. sounds like you know the things that are getting you through and and what really was allowed you to achieve whilst you're in prison. So 100%. I guess what I want to know is where do you pull your strength? from to be able to even have that on board like where does it where does it all come from to be able to have such that determination and clear mindset yeah so i guess you know, you know it's it's hard for people when you have so much options and choices in society you know um this all started because everything was stripped back to bare minimum i had nothing when I thought about it, right, when I was in jail, before I went to jail, I had money. I had all the materialistic things. I had everything going for me. And, but you know what? That was all. 
when I took away all these materialistic things, going to prison, officers taking away the little things that I had, and I realized, shit, I've got nothing. Without all my materialistic things, I really had to look at myself. Who am I? I'm this uneducated young kid who had a chip on his shoulder and thought he had everything because, you know, he's, you know, he's hustling and busting here and there, you know, living comfortably for a you know, 21-year-old kid. But when all that was taken away, I realized I don't have anything mm. in my life that, is actually, that actually makes sense mm. or that is actually concrete. I don't have anything that's within, you know. So I was like, I want to develop things that I can really ground myself in. So let's first, I always tell people, be grateful for the little things, for the simple things that you have in front of you. Let's start off with your health. Let's start off with your ability to do things, your ability to actually make a change. So your ability to go down to do something today, right? So example, I plan today to go to the park and I want to go for a 20-minute jog around the park. Your ability to do that, be grateful for it. But guess what? When you're in jail, you can't even do that. You want to get out of that cell that you've been stuck in for the last two weeks because, you know, like there's a lockdown. Some, someone got shanked or some sort of incident happens in the yard. Mm. Security-wise, they're not going to let anyone out until they solve the problem, what's going on, right? So sometimes you're stuck in yourself for two weeks at a time, right? And you want to be going out to go for a walk. The, your ability, even in this time, to go out to be able to do that, you should be grateful for that, yeah. you know? So you have to understand the small things. that like, A lot of people go, oh, I want to be grateful for these, like, massive things. Like, I want to be grateful for life, and I want to be grateful for, like, you know, the house that I have. But, hey, scale it back, scale it back. Just the simple things, you know? Yeah. We, we can't, we, we, we're born into this world with nothing. We go with nothing. Unless you're a twin, you're born with a twin. But besides that, you come into the world by yourself and yeah. you leave by yourself, right? So at the end of the day, all these materialistic things doesn't really matter. It only matters in this, in this life. But I just want you to, what I'm trying to say is even if you have everything, you're not going to be grateful for all that if you can't be grateful for the smallest things. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's a saying, if you're not grateful for a dollar, you can't be a grateful for a million dollars. Yeah. So it, sounds so, it, it sounds so aligned with, with that, I guess that confit motto where it's like trained to be free. You know, that, that sounds so, right. yeah, okay. there is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds so similar to that, that simple, you know, let's train for the fact that we can and we, we will. Yeah. And, that, yeah. that liberty that we get from doing that. So yeah. I guess I want you to reason with me and, and our audience about, about confit and, and, and how, how important that is in our society and our community in terms of, of, of bringing people together and our connection and our, our overall well-being. Tell, tell me a little bit more yeah. about, about all of that, Joe. So the biggest the problem that I found when I came out of prison was the fact that as soon as I told people about my background, the guard came up straight away. Yeah. You can see it even on their faces. They're like, yeah. oh, like they've got that fake smile going on. Oh, yeah, I'm okay with this, but inside I know they're not okay with it. Mm. And look, there's a lot of movies and there's a lot of um, material out there for people to be worried. I understand that it's just social norms, right? But what I wanted to say was, like, I really didn't think of myself as a bad person. You know, I made some bad choices. Um, 
I was a product of my environment, if you have to say. Yeah, yeah. But it was more towards um, ignorance, I guess, growing up. You know, I was never exposed to the opportunities and the possibilities that I could become something else. Mm. Um, mm. So I really want to create a community where, you know, I want to break down the negative stereotyping of people from marginalized backgrounds and people that are coming out of prison. That's number one. And two, I want to create a community where people support these individuals to, to have second chances for them to be able to give back to the communities. Mm-hmm. Why I started Confit was, okay, for instance, how do you get a seven generation public housing, someone who grew up in, in public housing, seven generation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To interact with a young professional from the inner city suburbs. How do you get these people to connect on a social level? You know, mm-hmm. it's very hard. Yeah. You know, I know government tries these things. And so that's what you call, you know, everyone, everyone says, you know, uh, rehabilitation, rehabilitation. Yeah. To rehabilitate someone is to plug them out of their existing environment, put them into something new to check. Because if they go back to their old life, it's a recurring cycle. Yeah. How do you plug these people out? So the best way to do that is to mix them with people that aren't in that circle. But how do you actually do that? It is freaking hard to do that, right? Mm. And Not the norm. What I, and what I created was, the so right now Confit is an outdoor fitness boot camp. And what I call it is, it's not a boot camp, it's a platform. It's a platform for ex-inmates to be trainers and to be leaders who can give back to the community and for the rest of the community to be able to train with ex-inmates on this platform through mm. fitness, doing fitness, doing what they love doing, right? Mm. And they can connect that way. You know, it is now I've formed a mini community within a community, the fitness community yeah. where inmates can give back and they can actually help, you know, the community to get fit, not just physically, but around mindset as well. Mm. And mm. in return, the community can help these ex-inmates for instance, hey, do you want to come out on a social event with us? I'll introduce you to this guy. This guy can help you with, um, you know, whatever that may be, you know, yeah. finding an apartment, job, or like whatever, you know. Um, hey, there's a mad conference that I want to invite you to come down with me. Now, they've just, you've just made that connection with these people yeah. that you yeah. wouldn't be able to in another setting. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that's exactly the experience when I was at your launch day in uh, Redfern Park. Um, and Man, the there was no us in them. Like it just wasn't no. there. It was like it's no. just a community of people that were all That's coming right. together to be connected with each other through a through a, a platform, like you're saying, that yeah. just that just doesn't see anything in these other stereotypes or, or norms that that we live in. And it just it just yeah. breaks down the reality that, you know, we we're all people and we're all just trying to do what we need to do and, and yeah, train yeah, again, train train you know, in a way that's going to help us build and, and get our confidence and, and support exactly, each other. Yeah. Exactly. That's so cool. And, you know, trying to be free is not, so it's, some, it's a motto that I started in jail, you know, to, for me, training was a way to escape the realities of prison. Mm. Mm. And, you know, I was training to be free, to be free in the inside. I think for a lot of people on the outside as well, we live in society and, you know, why are you really training? A lot of people train to look good for social media. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're so 
um, worried about, you know, like how I'm looking, I'm getting a little bit fat, and they're a prison to social media, they're a prison to what other people are saying. They're not free. They're training for the wrong reasons. I want to create a community of people. They're training because they want to be free. It, it, it's a way for them to feel good. It's a way for them to feel happy, to be positive. You know, that is what training to be free is. And, you know, training is a gateway to other areas of your life. You know, I didn't train to just be fit. I trained because it was a discipline for me to, um, to that, that is a transferable skill to other areas of my life for example my education yeah. um, around family and friends you know that's it's a tool to be able to kind of use in your other areas of your life and I, I hope that can be for others too so. 100% I mean that's definitely yeah. definitely the way that I, that I do things I mean I I work out and I, and I do quite a lot of yoga and at the end of the day the physical component of that is a bonus the fact that I can work out and, you know, potentially look a certain way, you know, that's all, that's all hearsay. That's all like well and good yeah. after the fact. But what I'm doing it for is, is I'm replenishing myself and, and feeling that good, good way about my mental health and my overall well-being, so that I can go out and do, do the work that I do. And it sounds, it sounds like that's sort of the philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Definitely, man. Yeah, that that's that's so cool. And, and I guess what what have you found? Like, what 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 is the the consensus with some of the clients that you've been been seeing? So, look, the fact that my business is built around a social cause, it has a mission. Our mission is to reduce the rate of recidivism through breaking down like negative stereotyping and to provide second chances for. Um, individuals who deserve a second chance mm. um, and obviously by offering great fitness like we a lot of our training has been formulated in prison so we're providing our clients with a little bit of inside prison knowledge prison fitness knowledge and you know people loving that especially now you know during covid you know like my my little marketing campaign is hey we've now become the experts in confined space um bodyweight training because that's what we used to do in our prison cells Mm. We had this little mm. tiny space, you know, and we used to like, do a lot of training in that little confined space, finding, you know, like smart and creative ways to, you know, to, to stay fit. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of people, um, you know, being stuck at home and, you know, confined to their living rooms. The online, my, <clears throat> my online business has kind of skyrocketed. A lot of people training with me online and people, people are very at start intrigued. Then once they find out about the story and once they actually train with the trainers, myself and the other boys, they, they start to realize, hey, these guys, they're, they're just normal people. You know, yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're not. But it, it, I guess you've got to experience it. You know, you can never judge without you experiencing yeah. something yourself. 100%. So that's what I've been finding with people. Yeah. It sounds like you're shifting people's reasons like you're shifting people's perspective when they come on they're coming in to to get a workout and maybe i'm going to get a home workout from this guy you know he looks good online and he, he's going to give me this good workout but then as yeah. as you as you get on board and you, and you attend a few times i think that social change is so contagious and you then start to, right. they start to then <clears throat> go i'm training for a different reason my purpose is shifted yeah. as to why i'm working out yeah yeah. Exactly. It just puts it just adds a bonus to why you're training, you know? Yeah. To feel good, yeah. to feel fit, and then to give you're helping to 
make society a better place, I guess, to yeah. to form a holistic community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many, you know, gyms or PTs out there that are that are doing things, and you know, good, good for them. But I think the the thing that you're backing is such a an insightful and, and innovative way of doing things and bringing yeah. people together, and it being so much more about you know working out. It's and it's and it's fun and it's quirky as well. Tell me about yeah, the, yeah. the the tuna can. I've seen that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about tuna cans is sitting right next to me. I look at this. Yeah, you've always got so it. Good, I, can't get, I can't get away from these things. <laughs> so recently, um, in the Easter edition of the Australian Financial Review, they actually did a story on Confit and how inmates use tuna cans. In such an innovative, innovative, it wasn't really innovative way. It was just like because we had nothing else. Yeah. You know, um, tuna can, yeah, tuna cans is like a form of currency inside. So we've got the Serena chili tuna. So that's <laughs> like inside, inside prison. Outside, 185 gram is like 450. Inside, it's like 480. So if you can afford a chili tuna, you're like high rolling, right? Yeah, so right, like right, it's right. a form of currency because we don't have mon- money in this. We've got a barter system. So tuna can, you know, I'll be like, I'll give you five tuna cans if you do this for me, you know, or like, you know, a lot of people gam- use that to gamble with or, you know, for me, I just ate it. I just, uh, I loved it. Yeah, you love it. Protein. <laughs> yeah, that was my only, only form of macro, like proper protein that I could get. Yeah. But a lot of the boys used to also use tuna cans um, as a form of equipment for training. So, you know, when we used to do push-ups, we used to do push-ups on top of the tuna cans. Um, you could get the deepest stretch. And, you know, in maximum security jail, you know, you have your tuna can inside your sock. And when you're training, because everyone's got their shirts off when they train, you know, like sometimes like shit goes down in the yard and you can use that as a self-defense weapon because you've got the sock in the tuna can. It comes like, it comes like a nunchuck or a battering ram. Who would have thought? Tuna's so versatile. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's a little inside joke. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, you know. Um, but it, it does get serious in there sometimes and you just got to be on, on the balls of your feet and, you know, just got to mm. be really aware of your surroundings and what's going on. And I remember when I first got out of jail for about six months, I couldn't have my back. Yeah. Um, away from a wall. Like I had to be sitting on the wall um, all the time because wow. I've seen some pretty horrific stuff happen. Um, I guess there's a little bit of trauma at the end of the day. You know, when you see something like that go down, that like you're thinking, fuck, that could happen to me. And when, you, when you're thinking about that same thing all the time, it's just ingrained in your, in your body until you adapt to a new environment. It took about six months for me to kind of snap out of that and go, hey, you know, I'm pretty safe out here. It's, mm. it's not bad. Yeah, and that, yeah. and that's where I think what's so inspiring from you, Joe, Joe, is is the fact that you you use those things like um, you know gratitude and grounding yourself and having those goals. Like if you don't have that shit on board, like you're definitely gonna stay fucking anxious and stay traumatized, yeah. for, even if you're out of jail. But you you sort of persevered and said, I clearly need to have a clear head if I'm gonna have yeah. any any chance of doing well moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it, 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 if, whether you're inside or you're outside, you have to be moving forward. Constantly, you've got to be growing. You've got to be moving forward. You know, the moment you feel like, oh, I think I'm cool, I'm satisfied with what I have, 
you know, you, you stop going and it, it, it does something to your mind as well. Like you become very complacent, mm, yeah. you know, um, and a bit lazy as well. So in there, you just, I just didn't want to be complacent or lazy. I just wanted to keep on moving forward. And I guess that's like growing a muscle, you know, yeah, um, yeah. it's like a wheel, like a muscle, a wheel, you know, like a willpower. And yeah. even out here, you know, you're constantly, constantly trying to move forward. How do I get better? How do I learn new skills? You know, and at the same time, how do I help others to do the same as well? It's not just about myself, you know. This world is not about yourself. You're not, you're not the only one living in this world. Mm. You're surrounded by your immediate community. You're surrounded by your society and you're surrounded by everyone in the world. It's like, how do we move forward together? You mm. know, um, yeah, man. And that's, that's what we need to all strive for, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so powerful because we've got we're a collective and we got to choose to yeah. be that way because we're so individualistic yeah. in in our Western societies and and it's <clears throat> especially in times like this in in the in the COVID nineteen shit. It's if we don't come together, you know, it, we might as well be in prison in, in a cell lock in exactly. lockdown. You know, we we exactly. got to got to connect where we can. So let's exactly. let's let's wind it down a little bit. Uh, and, and what I really want to know is. I guess outside of exercise and, and some of the other things that you've mentioned, what is the main thing that you do for self-care? And, and like, what is like a non-negotiable thing in Joe's life that you would not risk to give up? Not risk to give up? Um, my protein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know um, like look, lately, lately I've been going vegetarian. I've been okay. quite vegetarian, but um, food is something that's so important to me. Um, yeah. And like I said, talking about gratitude, when when you've had all this food taken away from you and all you were eating was blackened gold, spring water tuna, and sometimes you can't even like gulp this down. So I see like swallow it, like tuna in my mouth and swallow it just whole with water. Mm. You know, and you've been eating things like that for years and years and you get access to this food. You, you're grateful for it, you know. So sometimes I, I, I regret a little bit because yeah. I'm always healthy, but I always eat things that I feel that is good as well. So obviously I've got to find that balance. But when yeah. it comes to like chicken and protein, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. Man. So in the week I have to have some sort of like good, good protein, like animal protein or even plant-based protein now I'm going going with. A lot of things yeah. and uh, lentils and all that kind of stuff yeah that's one thing um and for me not one thing i can't get rid of uh let go of is educating myself mm. the access to information is crazy guys mm. access you've got unlimited access you know like we in do. prison the little bit of information i sucked that in like like i was like a sponge you know um, because there's nothing there you know, i i rated the whole library you know every book that i could read i could read it but you know, out here, there's so much things out there, you know, you could just go on YouTube, things like, oh, I'm curious about something and you can find something out straight away. That's yeah. knowledge for you. You don't have to go to university for these things. Yeah. It's accessible to you. It's free. That's so Use cool. It. I mean, I think that, yeah, I definitely resonate with that because you, you come off as such a sponge. Like you're so willing to learn. You're so, you're so excited about um, where you can go from here. And I think that, it's like, it's super contagious, right? Like I think um, you make such an impact on the people that you talk to because of that passion and because of the mm. fact it's like, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to take it all in. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to hear it all, you know. That's so cool. So last question for you, Joe. You said you read a lot of books um, in prison and, and I don't know how, the, how much uh, variety there is in prison, but I guess now out of prison, what would be like a go-to book, something that, that's really helped you um, to get to where you are? And- Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, by far. Yeah? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think I read that like, like, well, I don't know, like 10, 11 times. Yeah, uh, I've gone over and over and read it. Yeah, Thinking Grow Rich is something that it's been around since the 30s. Oh yeah, yeah and if you haven't really, read it, well, go. You know, it's it's that old. It's probably falling yeah, apart. It's not, yeah, it's not. It's not about. You know, it sounds like Thinking Grow Rich, and people go, "Oh, money." Yeah, but it's not about. It's not about money. So you just got to really think what rich means to you, what wealth means to you. Yeah. yeah. If you get a chance, you should read that book. It's not. Oh, it's not wow. They're not talking about money. They're not talking about money. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put um, a whole bunch of stuff on my website, and definitely I'll, I'll put a link to that to that book as well. But I guess I'll close, Joe, by saying, like, where can, where can we find you? How how can people reach out to you? What what's going on for you at the moment? Yep. So at the moment, so I used to run. So I was running outdoor boot camps, outdoor fitness classes, group classes. Um, because of COVID-19, we've transitioned, um, pivoted the whole business model online. Cool. So you could find us at um, www.convictfitness.com.au. You can find me on Instagram at confitoz or on uh, Facebook as well. Um, and come and join us for, for an online training session. Literally, you don't make excuses. You know, if you're looking for some fun and a little bit of a kick up the ass and, you know, some intense training, just jump online, you know, um, just send me, shoot me a message or like an email and, you know, I'll book you into a class or one of my online classes. Amazing. Yeah. Man, I've seen your videos. It looks intense. I've been reluctant to come in. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you never tried, you never know, you know? Yeah, well, I, I mean. I always say you have to try something at least once. All right. Well, you got to hold me to that. I'm going to come and do a session with you. Uh, That's it. Let's do it. Just one. And you know what? <laughs> At least I said I've I done it. All right. Oh, yeah, man. Look, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and an honor to talk to you yeah. on this podcast. And all Thanks that stuff me, will be linked back onto my website. And Beautiful. yeah, man, all the best with everything you're doing. I think it's so great and so inspiring. Thank I got so right. much more out of what I thought today. So that's honestly awesome. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks for having me as well. Thank you. Do you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals? Go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the Find Reason Therapy Instagram page.